We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Wobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Unspoken words episode. Huh? What's wrong with this picture? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're missing a guy. This what evening. Is, it, what, is it episode eighty three? Eighty three. Eighty three oh, in I the house. I, I don't got that. That Randy. I know. Whatcha? 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 Hey, hey, hey! Oh. Eighty-three's the nobody episode. The nobody episode. Hey, um, he's running a little late, but we're gonna call him and we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna cuss him out. So here we go. He's probably <laughs> stuck at the. He's stuck at the train. Almost at train station. He's stuck at the train in Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. We're called it. Stop. We got to call Chew him out. You guys cut some out too. Yo. Yes. Can I get Susquehanna two 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 two? <laughs> You're live on unspoken words. What do you got to say for yourself, sir? <laughs> episode. <laughs> the what? Greg Smith. Greg Smith. Greg Smith. Yeah, ah, Greg. I remember him. Who the hell's Greg Smith? I don't know. Greg. Yeah, that's a Greg. Oh, with a C. Yeah. Still, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, <made> up. <laughs> that don't that don't ring a bell for me. Where? What did he do? <laughs> I don't know. He played for the Portland Trailblazers. Though. Oh, did he? Really? Yes, sir. Portland Trailblazers. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, ha, ha, ha. where well, you at? Come on in. Come on in, then. I, I'm at the side door. You want All somebody right. to go open it? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It doesn't even have a key. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go? Yeah. Okay, you're, keep talking. Then talk, to the door. Tell us about your day. Okay. <clears throat> so I woke up and I had some Honey Nut Cheerios. And then I hit the snooze button like seven, eight, nine times. And then... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Boy, I could have went all day with that. Uh, Man, should have hung up his phone if he was here. I'm turning this down, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, so where was I? Oh, yeah, about the ninth time I hit the snooze button, I finally rolled my lazy carcass out of bed, and I decided, well, better go to work, hey? So then then I got up and I put my socks on, and (laughs) I'm only human. I put my socks on one sock at a time, so, you know, I'm just like everybody else. In that regard. And then uh, I slapped on my shoes. And I... Oh, man. I put on the wrong shoes. One foot at a time? I I put on the wrong shoes. Did you put the right one on your left one and so on? No, no. The wrong pair. Were your shoes fighting? (laughs) They were... (laughs) Yeah, they were... Snap eyes at each other and turned away. Ooh, la. No, no. Snap eyes and turn. That's wicked. I was going to wear those ones with the memory foam in it. And then I ended up wearing these ones. 
Do you wear the memory ones because they remember you? Remember? They remember you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I wear them because they're like super soft. Remember I told you earlier? Yeah. It's like walking around in pillows filled with Mm. marshmallows and baby parts. Baby parts. (laughs) They're like super soft. Super soft. No, I I got these Skechers that are the same way. Yeah, that's what mine were too, Skechers. Are these these ones? Uh, No, mine have the steel toe because I wisened up after that. Oh, yeah. Card incident. Dang, fractured, fractured toe. How's that doing? It's still no toenail. Hey, still didn't grow back? Well, it's you can see it kind of peeking, peeking around the corner. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Oh, uh, welcome yes, to, we welcome have spoken words. Special guest tonight, Randy Baird and Walk. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Did you wash your hands? Yes, sir. Even <laughs> sanitizer. Oh, sanitizer. So we're here on episode 83. Got a full crew. The triad is here together. And over here on my left, all the way from L, Jesus, he's the pod. Got he ready be in the place to be. Say what's up. What's up? What's up? And over here to my right, all the way from Arrow Creek, Bubble 909090. He's your favorite Indian, JCB. Say what's up. Hi. Hello, and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, also from Arrow Creek. Stand up. Uh, who? Stand up and be oh, counted. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, now we're official. No, it's uh, official it's episode 83, the Craig Smith episode. He played for the Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> and that's about all we know about that fella. Uh, it's all about all we know about that, dear pal. That sounds made mm-hmm. up. <laughs> but also, like if you had it, right eighty-three world. is the year Pod Gotti was born. Yes, sir. And Mo hugs, not drugs. Yeah, yes, sir. Just cute. I was already king of the playground. Scared, <laughs> scared. Already been here for two decades. <laughs> <laughs> already, already graduated high school. I know. <laughs> what happened? Uh-huh. Oh, here are some other things. List of 1983 significant news events in history. The video game Mario Bros. was first released as a Nintendo arcade game in Japan. Japan. Ah, Mario Bros. Oh, Mario Bros. Japanese, huh? Mario. 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 Japanese? Yeah, from Japan. Luigi, too? Pac-Man. Even Pac-Man's Japanese. Wow. Mm. I remember that game that that first Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, they didn't, the screen didn't move, but you just jumped on those little things and killed what came out of the pipes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. with pipe cleaners. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> the original <Kinky>. pipe cleaners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another interesting <laughs> fact. <laughs> the first mobile phones are introduced to the public. By the <laughs> Motorola Company. Is that one of those? Great yeah, things? those ones with the car batteries. <laughs> I remember we're when, like um, they're cruising around in New Jack City, acting all cool. That guy's talking on his oh, phone. Yeah. G money. Remember when they when they had Nokia came out with the ones that the antenna came out. Oh yeah, and yeah, those are small ones. And my sister got one when they when they first came out. Yeah. but then there's something happened to it. So they gave her a loner phone, and here it was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> a loner phone. Uh-huh. The great big New Jack City one. Yeah, New Jack City. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those ones when they used to carry them in a bag, too? In See the, ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. 
My uh, my grandparents used to have one of those that they had in a bag, yeah. like yeah. a car powerful. phone. Powerful man. You kind of plug it into the yeah the car lighter. Yeah, charge it up. <clears throat> yes, sir. My dad used to have one. I don't. But they would never aunt. let us make a phone call because it cost like a thousand dollars. Oh really? Did it really? I mean, it was a lot, but you know. Well, my aunt had one, and then here, man, she'd just be sitting way out there in the country, sitting in her car, talking to people across the country and stuff. In fact, I remember one time, <clears throat> one year, we went to, uh, we were going to Las Vegas, and if you're driving there at night, man, you can see the lights from like 100 miles away, mm. so it seems like you're almost, always almost right there. Yeah, yeah, And we called somebody back home, I can't remember who it was, and I remember thinking, man, this is the coolest thing in the world. I'm yeah. Driving in my grandparents' truck and talking to them on the phone. And yeah. Like, now it's... <laughs> Like nothing, nothing. Yeah, I want to talk to someone that's not even here. <laughs> I want to talk to my to world. You. I want to talk to you on the way to Sin City. And yeah, yeah. What's that? There's a song <laughs> called "Can't We Just Talk," right? By Shan. Hello, is it me you're looking for? Can we just talk? I thought you were gonna bust out some Adele. No, it was uh, almost said Stevie Wonder. What's that other guy's name? Lionel Richie, man. Lionel's. Lionel's. He's from Bobo. Lionel's. Yeah. Lionel's. That's my bro. I'll talk about him. I got a funny story for you guys off air. Final episode of MASH airs. 125 million watched. Isn't that the most watched? TV episode program. Man, I remember that. I used to hate MASH when I was a kid, man. I would be on like after school. I'd right watch, after school, huh? Yeah. The cartoons would go until what, like 4.30 or something? Yeah. And then MASH would come on and I'd, I'd leave. I'd go outside. I'd go to the back room or something. I hated MASH. But it's probably funny, though. I mean, I I've never I've seen never an episode it. as a grown-up. I don't think Did I've ever like watched that show willingly. No. no? I mean, I didn't watch it. I won't say I didn't like it. I just didn't watch it. So, yeah, it seemed kind of. I don't know. As a kid, it looked really boring. It's like, what's so funny about these guys <clears throat> running around in the jungle? Weren't they in the jungle? Korea. Oh, I don't know where they were. But I imagine they have jungles in Korea. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. The jungles of Korea. Our <laughs> hailing from the jungles of Korea. Our officially changes to use the internet. Protocol creating the internet in eighty three eighty three nineteen eighty three ARPANET yeah A R P A N E T this is all in capital letters so I just said ARPANET it's it's it must be a military name. Name. sounds Something. like somebody um, ARPANET yeah. Illuminati so short oh, for Illuminati. it's not it's that ones that invented the Terminator Skynet oh they're kind of like one in company Terminet. <clears throat> They're all part of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Cabbage Patch dolls are sold in shops and become a success. Mm. Oh, I remember they used patch. to have uh, like horse, hearing horror stories about them. I remember they used like to they say they're haunted. souls or they, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like if you cut one open, it would have guts and stuff. Yuck. Yeah, and then the, what was that, uh, Garbage Pail Kids? I remember those too. Yeah, you yeah. the cards. Yeah, no, that didn't help the situation either because some of them look like cabbage patch. They all look like cabbage patch. Well, like they, like they grew some of, cabbage patches. Yeah, they branded them after that. Remember? Mm. Yeah. And oh man, I'm trying to think. I know this. There is this one kid in school, and the rest of us couldn't get our hands on him. 
Yeah, the garbage pail ones? Yeah, but he drove by this. His mom, every time they went into town, and this is in Arizona. I was living in uh, Tahana Otum Reservation. So they go to Tucson. Yeah. And on the way back, he um, he would sneak into the gas station when she fills up her tank. Yeah. And go grab some. Uh. And so he'd come to school like the next Monday and have a brand new pack. And we'd all crowd around and look at him and laugh. And, oh, that's a good one. And, man, he had like a stack of them. Ooh, la. Garbage? Gar- the, uh, Garbage bill kid? Yeah. Huh. 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 So tell us why why you were late, then. <laughs> you stuck, stuck at the train? Catch stuck emails. At that, yeah. Stuck at the train on the reservation. No. Um, <laughs> so I had an appointment at 2, and they didn't pull me in till right before 3. Dang. So I sat in that lobby at 2. Sitting there till almost three. Asked the lady at the front. She's like, "Oh, are you still waiting?" I'm like, "Yeah." They never called you, no. So she's like, "Go knock on the door." So I went and knocked on the door. That other lady pulled me in. She's like, "Your appointment's not till three, but I seen you out there, so I filled out the paperwork." They went in there, seen me, fixed my teeth. I didn't get out of the dental till about four fifty. Hey, good story. And by yeah. five eighteen, you're pulling the bones. Yeah. Um, Bob, but I know, no, I know, no, I know. I was going about one something on that thing. Allegedly. Well, Allegedly. from prior town to like where you were, it's only like 25 minutes, 20 minutes. It only yeah. takes that long. So they. You just got to watch out for badgers and skunks. Yeah. Yeah, somebody ran over like a raccoon or something just and right before I went there. Mooses. But oh, I, I kept texting the group Moose. and look at. Like, remember when you were texting about uh, LeBron? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm at Dental and Pryor, maybe running a little late tonight, maybe 5.30-ish. Oh, it wouldn't send And then it? look at, yeah, it says not delivered, so I freaking copied and pasted again, <laughs> and it wouldn't go through, and then I'm like, just leaving Pryor, didn't go through. Just kidding. No, and sometimes then, when you're out there, you got to restart your phone and recalibrate. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, but I was I getting do. your guys' text messages. Oh, weird. You were getting them. You just couldn't send them out. Yeah. But my phone doesn't work out there at all. Yeah. yeah. Out so there then, at my mom's way up the road, I'll just restart my phone and, like, I can get text messages sometimes. And then, like, at my dad's place, too, it's, like, kind of sunk behind that gravel pit. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of terrible terrible service yeah it is really horrible because it was like it was all spotty and you know i even turned on my um my hotspot on my other phone yeah hmm. and uh worked but it it was pretty spotty too so you basically had the typical ihs experience huh yeah and that's like the first time because they've usually been very good Huh. They work on the right tooth, though, right? Yeah, they worked on the right tooth. They kinda, <laughs> well, not the right one, actually. Um, yeah, because I got a couple that cracked. Oh, man. One back here and then one over here. But, yeah, they filled it. I I made a dental appointment with um through my works insurance. <clears throat> and yeah. that the place that I called, she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, we can get you in. And she goes, hold on, let me check. And she can hear kind of. Clicking around. Yeah. And she goes, okay, we got you down for, I don't know, whatever time, November 11th. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. 
Like that's Veterans Day. I observe Veterans Day. Well, I don't know. If it's, yeah. I don't know if it's the eleventh. Oh, like Veterans November. Day. <laughs> November something. But it was like November, and she goes, "Is that will that work for you?" And I was like, "I guess <laughs> it's gonna have to." <laughs> Damn, really? That's man, everything's backed up, man. Even like at my work, I was calling to get like my boy, like to, to have them look at his ingrown toenail, and uh, it was like two months out. Damn. And then like. Then I was talking to people at work, and they're like, why don't you just go to same-day care to pray? Just cut it off real quick. And I was like, oh, shoot, let's do that. I went to ER. Were you ingrown? Dog, it was kind of vicious, though. Oh. Over here? First time I ever got an ingrown, yeah, oh. about three, four years ago. Yeah. Dog, and that freaking ER doctor, like, performed surgery right there on me. Yeah. That's how it was over there, He freaking shot in my right big toe. <laughs> On the top, on the on the side, they no homo. <laughs> but he put needle there and freaking yeah. numb that sucker up. He went right into the top. Yeah, like right under the nail. Oh, for real? See, I was and then you, on that's the side they, too, yeah. bro. Like, uh, like he did it. He hit it like about three times. Well, what they did with my boy was like they like they went on the base of his big toe. And then they went above the bone and below the bone. Like, they kept the needle in there and, like, went above and then below on both sides. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. And then, like, he was freaking out. And I was, like, holding him down. I said, just breathe. Just breathe, son. And it um, probably hurt, too. I know. Right? He, he was in pain. When they, when then, they, like, two minutes, like, minute later, like, he couldn't even feel his toenail. And, man, she just, like, went down the middle, cut it, and got this little tool and, like, sent it down and, like, Separated the toenail from all that skin underneath, and she just wiggled it a little bit and put it out. Man, like thirty seconds. See, that's not <clears throat> like they did that to me too. They on the, the yeah. tippy toe of it. They did, huh? Yeah. Huh. And then man, I thought he was still giving me shots because I was sitting there going, "Oh!" And next thing you know, he goes, "All right, we're all done." And I thought he meant we're done giving you the shot. Yeah. But when I looked up and he's just standing there with the my toenail and his little huh. grippers. Dang. Damn, they saved my toenail. Did they? My dog is the worst pain I've ever been in. Like, it and hurts. then that that sucker was just throbbing for a few days after. Yeah. Like, man, even when I was even when I was numb, yeah. Like I could feel my heartbeat in there. Like, yeah. Boom. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Boom. My dog, that's probably the most painful thing I've been through. Mm-hmm. Especially when they were oh yuck yeah, yeah that guy that surgeon Oof. or not surgeon but that ER doctor. So. Our our takeaway from that story is wear shoes that are appropriate for your feet. Yes. Because those ingrown toenails, man, they suck. I think mine, I cut it at a weird angle. Mine, mine, I think, was that. I cut it at a weird angle. And plus, at the time, a couple years ago, three, four years ago, longer than that, I used to play softball and my cleats were too small. Damn. And they just jacked up my toes. Oh, yeah. There's mine. Wow. Ew, yuck. Looks like you were chewing on one end of it. See how it's all jagged like that? That's where that, that cart split it. Oh. And then I tried to, like I, gnawing on it. I tried to, I tried to cut it <laughs> oh, out. Oh, that one was recent, huh? Yeah, I tried to cut it out. <laughs> That's why it looks like that. We'll one post side. a picture of it. Unspoken words. I want a close up? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right, cool. You guys feel warmed up? Feel loosey goosey? Oh, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, go for um, it. The number one song on my birthday back in 1983 was Flashdance. What a feeling. What a feeling. Mm, is that that one where she's like 
Where they always show it in different movies? Like I where think, um, I think it's on Flashdance. Hold on. Flashdance. That is Flashdance. Okay. You know, I, I think that's why dancing is in my spirit. <laughs> no, you, you, you got to do that. Is that the one? You, yeah, that's the one. And splashes herself? Yeah, okay. That's the one. Like yeah. on Deadpool, he does that, but then it's bullets that fall on him. Yeah. In the UK, the number one song was Every Breath You Take by the Police. Mm. Hey, what was Feline saying? Every breath you take. Was it Feline that was telling us about the song make. that you were... That yeah, was popular when you were born. She said, "The year you were born, the number one song that year. If you play it, you wouldn't be able to know all the words to it when you were three. Oh, three. Okay, when you were three. I'm gonna <clears throat> excuse me while I what what does it know? She said lights. she was doing some research and she came across this article or something that said when you were three, the song that was popular that year, the number one hit." You'll know all the words to it. Oh, okay. So check it out real quick. All right. 1986. The, the number one R&B song was Juicy Fruit by Tumay. Huh. The number one country song was You Can't Run From Love by Eddie Rabbit. <laughs> mm. Love will keep us together. <laughs> together. What is it? Number, yeah, yeah. number one <clears throat> yeah, hit yeah. song. From 1986, 23, coming to you live on Unspoken Words. That's what friends are for. Like a rhinestone cowboy. I don't know. That's what friends are for by Dion and Friends. Hold on, let me play it once. Play it real quick. We probably know all the words to it. Oh, I know Freddie Fender. Oh, yeah. Before the next teardrop falls. Before... The next teardrop. Close. That was close. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know the song? Yeah. That opening tune. (laughs) Sounds horrible. I know. Baby, I've just been thinking about you. And I just had the only way I can express myself is through this song. Hey, you better put that now. Hey, you better stop. Copyright. <laughs> I've been thinking about you for so long. Sounds like you should be saying, oh, what floor? I've been thinking about you since 86, girl. Darling, I know. <laughs> and I just wanted to play this record for you while we're on the air. And before you go, I just wanted to say, I just got this. You look so <laughs> good in love. I just got this eight track. You want him? It's easy to see. What? Are we that horrible? No, no. Keep going. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 I wonder wonder if there's any listeners out there that ever think we're serious when we start singing. No, but I I thought you. I thought you were. I'm (laughs) never serious. Only when I sing at church. When we put our songs on. Yeah. Only when I sing in the praise and worship group. Mm. (laughs) Mm. I'm ready. Yo te alabo (laughs) y cuanto así. What is that song? I love you so much, Cristo, 
They amo tanto. Really? Yeah, we used to sing that at the Billings Breeze Center. Huh. You guys did, huh? Yeah, it's Spanish and English. It's a Hispanic church. Beautiful, right. beautiful. All right, here we go. So, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. Unspoken Words, episode 83. We are going to talk about step six. And as we've, sticking with the pattern, you know, it's the first episode of the month. uh, June being the sixth month, we're going into step six, which deals with character defects. We, willingness as well. We are ready with the help of the great spirit to change. Um, six consolidates the rounds out and rounds out the process of finding yourself by facing south. Uh, we did some hard inner work in steps four and five. We learned many things about ourselves with the help of creator and a human guide. But there are many natural laws that we live by. For example, when you place your hand in a fire, it will burn. Once we learn this, we avoid doing it again. The same principle applies to our character defects. Now that they have burned us, why would we want to hang on to them? Are we willing, are we entirely ready to release our weaknesses to God? Now, open up with that for you, gentlemen. And I know favorite end is all ready to go. <laughs> per usual. Yes, sir. Of course, of course. Of course, of course. I, I'll, I'll allow me to... Uh, I got a list of character defects if you'd like me to go through them real quick. Go for it. Okay. Dishonesty, selfishness, resentments, egotism, fear, anger, hatred, false pride, self-seeking, conceit, intolerance, envy, bigotry, laziness, frustration, impatience, jealousy, arrogance, condemnation, self, sense of inadequacy, remorse, worry, anxiety, being uncharitable, Self-reliance and less. Check, 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 check. Double check. Check, check, check. Triple check. Check, I don't have any of those. Check, check, check. You're being self-righteous. Okay. And sanctimonious. Oh, yeah. Proceed, sir. Yeah. Now that you went over the list of all my character defects. Tell us about them. <laughs> okay, what was the first one? Um, no, no. Well, you know, like I was just thinking when you were reading that, like, so, like, kind of like a car, like you do the diagnostics. So we know now we know what's wrong. Now we have to go in there and fix it, right? Yeah. And man, that's to me. I don't want to say it was the easy part. Uh huh. But. It became a lot easier once, you know, I admitted the fact that, hey, man, I'm all those things you just said. Uh-huh. Because then, like, like, you know, you can't fix a problem if you don't know what it is. True. And so, <clears throat> and like I always say, you know, calling, calling, the only way to cast out those demons is to call them out by name and say, yes, I am selfish. Mm. Yes, I am 
uh, man, there's all, all of them are in there, but you know, to say that and then say, okay, so how can I work on not being selfish? Yeah. Or not being charitable or, mm-hmm. you know, any, any number of those things. And then, you know, like, like on my own, it says it right in there, like on my own, I obviously couldn't do it. So I had to rely like on my higher power. Oh yeah. Like, Hey man, I can't do this. None of this by myself. I've tried and I need your guidance. I need everything that you can offer, you know, everything that you have for me to help me flip that switch and go back to the, to the light mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. But basically it really comes down to, for me, it just come, came down to the fact that I identified it. So now I, I can put a name to it and say, okay, I can work on this. True. Right. So right on. I like that. So that's just kind <clears> of <throat> talking about your willingness to change. Is that kind of what the gist of the step is? Yeah. Willingness to change. I think like, because, like, steps four and five, you identify these things. Yeah. And then now you're starting the process of. Well, first off, I just feel bad for all those people that have these symptoms, <laughs> these defects. Yeah. Like, I empathize with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 I was really waiting for you to get all deep, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I don't sin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I used to be like that. Before, before I, was a, before I, I became pure. <laughs> before I started walking on water. <laughs> <laughs> I've been walking on water for quite some time. Now, to be honest, if you want me to be honest with you. <laughs> He's talking about frozen water, <laughs> ice, ice. He walks on ice. <laughs> no, man, I, I think, man, you know, <laughs> like seven years, like seven years into my recovery, bro, like I'm still working on these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think the more I go to my, like I go to therapy two times a week. Right on, man. You know? Um, you need it. <laughs> I know, because you, you have a lot of problems. <laughs> I could it out myself, sorry. No, that's good, though, man. But, that's awesome, man. But I do, like, and they kind of both specialize in different things. Um, one of them is kind of, he's a pastor to pastors. Mm. Um, kind of helps me deal with, you know, things from the church. Um, pretty well known, goes all over, invited everywhere. Mm. But he, he really, I kind of wanted to go there just once, whatever. Yeah. But he kind of extended um, a helping hand, I guess. So I deal with that, and then I also talk to a therapist that really just helps me um, with everyday stuff. Um, but the more I go into it, like, man, the more I realize, like, bro, like, how flawed I am. Like, you know, it's easy to see things in other people, but, like, it, it's different when you're looking at it in yourself and when you, like, you, like you were spot on, JC, like, you were talking about, like, uh, it has to be revealed, right? Like, I think, like, I'm on this path of healing. Um, that's really all I'm focused on right now. Like, it's just, like, inner healing. Uh, but the farther I go along, I'm like, man, like, this was jacked up. Like, these things, like, you know? Yeah. Like, parts of me, like, I guess um, learning how to love myself, hmm. I guess, in a sense, and being comfortable with the parts that, that I'm not too fond of. 
Mm-hmm. But understanding, like, hey, man, I was created a certain way with a certain type of personality, with a certain, you know, with all these character defects that I, you know, that I, that I battle. But it's also important that now I'm recognizing these things. And one of my uh, my therapists had re- uh, recommended a book, and it's called Untethered Souls by Mike Singer. Mm. I think it's Mike. Uh, I know his last name Singer, but I think it's Mike Singer, but it's called Untethered Souls. And the first chapter of that book, it, it talks about, like, there's a running conversation in your head. Yep. You know, there's a constant running conversation. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just constantly running and it's never checked. Yep. But what, I guess like what I got from that first chapter was like, okay, because there's a running conversation in your head and it has never been checked before, learn to take yourself out of the equation and start objecting the things that this voice is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because a lot of it is negative self-talk. A lot of it is like, you know, like you can have a running conversation and you'll have a conversation like, hey, man, I, I the sky is blue out there. And then automatically the other side of that voice is like, no, it's not blue, man. I see those clouds moving in. Oh, yeah. But did you see like when it got like this before? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, It's yeah. just constantly. But because that's going because it's constantly going like and we've never like I've never learned to listen objectively. Mm. to that voice yeah but now i'm starting to recognize like okay hey that's not nice of me to say to myself yep that's not that's not nice so i gotta you know what i mean yeah yeah i've yeah. taken a step back and 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 i think like the deeper i'm going into like in, inner like peace in my innermost being like the more i'm going into it, like the more that when i see something it bothers me in myself you know, I become frustrated at myself, but then I'm learning also to have grace in myself. Yep. But I think like, like being like being being willing to be open. It's it's changed even my parenting. Mm-hmm. Like the like that like this uh, the the willingness to to start working on your character defects, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to raise my daughter, and and this goes back to like last week. Like I want to raise her in a way where when she's in her mid thirties. She doesn't have to heal from how I brought her up. Yes, sir. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's important and it's key that we do identify these areas that we need to work on. And then being intentional, I think that's really the word that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Is being intentional when it comes to, like, the areas that I need work on. Yeah. Whether I'm being too pushy, whether I'm being too bold. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. learning to empathize with other people, realizing, like, hey, man, like, I, I know, like, I say a lot of things that people don't want to hear. But in my in my heart, like, it's never with the intention to hurt anybody. Yeah. But I think it's just me never considering the place of the other person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never considered that feeling because it, I've always just never even checked the voice in my head. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, <clears throat> like when they say get outside yourself. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like get get outside and, and listen objectively. Maybe that's not the right way to put what you're trying to say out. Think no. about it for 15 minutes mm-hmm. and then come back Yep. when the emotion is removed from what you're saying. Mm. You know what that is? Is mindfulness. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking of about. Because yeah. like you could even like brushing your teeth. Oh, I'm brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I've been practicing too. Yeah. Uh, no, about everything you're saying, it was just like reminding me of uh, Reverend Mulberry. 
when I meet with him, you know, I say, speak well of yourself to yourself. And when he first started saying that to me, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm positive about myself. But that got me, <clears throat> the more he said it and like, like capturing those thoughts, boom, what am I thinking? You know, and then that practicing that mindfulness, what am I thinking about? What am I thinking about about myself? Should I be thinking this way? No? Okay, I'm going to let that go. Uh, and then going into that, in the reading, talks about it when you, if you touch a hot stove, it's like, oh, shoot, that's hot. Yeah. And then <clears throat> how do you avoid getting burned again? I mean, how do you not get burned again? You, know, you avoid and ignore that hot stove. You recognize it, right? Like what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you recognize it and you start working on ways to be a part of the solution and not the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best ways for me when I, when I first started doing that was like to usually just go in the opposite direction, right? Like yeah. so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, man, you're worthless and you'll never be anything. And then I catch myself and I say, wait a minute, nope, I am worthwhile and I am something. Yeah. Not I will be, I am. Yeah. And eventually, you know, that, that again, it goes back to that subconscious thing I'm always talking about. It becomes automatic. Yep. And you, kind of go piggybacking off what you said. It's like, man, we don't know how noisy it is up there until we try to, until yeah. we stop and listen. And we know, like you said, take a step back. Yep. And say, I'm over here and I'm watching these things go through my head. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, damn, that's negative. Ne- Real I mean, negative. Not That's not even cool. Negative, but there's a lot going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just noisy. Yeah. And so, like, you know, and I've talked about this before, too, you know, having those, like, conspiracy theories in my head. And, like, at work, what I'll do is I'll just say, okay, I'm getting this out of a washer. And then I'm going to push it over there. Now I'm pushing it, you know, and just basically kind of giving myself a play-by-play of what I'm doing. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> or else, I, oh, look, there's something on the floor. Or, oh, look, you know, that door's not closed all the way. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of doing that. And then all the other stuff goes away, right? Like, if I'm not paying attention to it, it has nowhere to go. Yeah. Like, you know, what what am I focusing my attention on? Yeah. And, like, one of the descriptions I got is, like, thoughts will come and go. They're like clouds. When they're coming, let them come, and then when they go, let them go. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Rather than you know trying to reach up and grab them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Like that mindfulness. That that's just all mindfulness. Like just letting those negative thoughts, negative kind of talk, so letting that go. They yeah. come, uh, and it takes you back to that. You know, you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your next action. Yeah. And just having those um, intervening thoughts. You know, you just practice them so much that they just come automatically. Boom. Like, why were you thinking about that? Exactly. Um, yeah, that's and something I say all the time. Too. What? Yeah, and it's like sometimes I have to say it out loud. Yeah. Like, so I'll go for a drive or even I'm driving home and I've been thinking like stinking thinking all day. And I'm driving home from work. Uh, I'll just be like, knock it off. Just uh, stop it. And I'll just talk to myself like that. Like, if it's really bad, like, it's just, I've been festering and entertaining it and letting it marinate all day. Yeah. You know, like we do. Then at the end of the day, man, I just talk to myself out loud and knock it off just say, And, you know, if I have to, I, I cuss at myself. I said, that bullshit, man. Knock it off. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. This whole time I thought it was just me. 
<laughs> but not but every day. Most days I'm like, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. Yeah. And I think it's like willing, like recognizing like the way that we were yeah. wasn't the healthiest. And we can always become better, right? Yeah. So like I talked to a, a woman today and, and she, she, um, she said it without saying it, but she felt like it was too late to change and make better mm, choices. Yeah. Because now she was having, like, now she has grandkids. She has three of them, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them might not do, you know, delve too deep into it either. But it was like, I recognized, like, okay, like, and it's not too late for you, though. Mm-mm. It's never too late for anybody. Because you no. got breath. Like, you're still breathing. Yeah. Like, you're still breathing. Like, you got a lot to give still. Yeah. And I'm like, so we got to stop. Like, let's work on what's working for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I think like even in practice, it like it it it's more positive, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I don't think that I would recognize these things had I not been uh, working on myself right now. Yeah, you know. But being willing, like saying, "Man, like, hey, I wasn't that wasn't too cool, but I want to be better." Yeah, um, that, and that's a key word too is willing. Yeah. Like, like that says the willingness to change with the help of the creator, right? Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. You know, and, and what they say is uh, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, like, that's got to be, or that has to be one of the biggest things that I had to figure out because, you know, I always had this, like, I knew that what I was doing was in my behavior and my thinking and mm. all that stuff <clears throat> was negative, but, and I always wanted to change it. Yeah. But what was I willing to do? Yes. No. Was I, I mean, basically just give up before I even started. Mm-hmm. And so, like, have to take it to that next level. Okay, there's a desire, but a desire isn't being willing, I don't think. Yeah. Like, you want something, but what are you willing to do to get yeah. it? You can be wanting something and not even move your yeah. feet. You know, like, one thing that th- this was making me think about, too, was, like, in Jeremiah 1, he says, you, uh, I set you out to root out, to pull out, and to destroy. Mm-hmm. And I think we're good as a society. Like, we we root things out, we point it out, we pull it out, and we destroy it. But I think where we can improve at is the second part of that verse says to throw down, to build, and to plant. Mm. Yep. So when you're uprooting, like, these negative feelings or these negative thought patterns or these negative... Like whatever, like you're you're finding the root of it, you're uprooting it and you're pulling it out, you're destroying it, right? Yeah. But in its place we have to allow the spirit of God. I believe, you know, I believe that we allow the spirit of God to plant something good there mm-hmm. in its place. Like we yeah. throw something else down in a place of bitterness. Let's plant unforgi or let's plant forgiveness. Unforgiveness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, in a yeah. place of bitterness and unforgiveness, like yeah. let's plant forgiveness. Yep. Like seeds of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, let's throw down seeds of forgiveness and then build on that. Mm-hmm. Like so that it, it does bloom, you know, and water so, it. Yes, and, and water it, yeah. tend to it because where there was unforgiveness and bitterness before, now they can be full of forgiveness and be like, you know what, man, this person, God, the Creator, loves this person just as much as He loves me. Mm-hmm. And because he loves this person just as much as he loves me, no matter what this person did to offend me or to cause me to become bitter or, or unforgiving towards them, 
like we can actually pray and bless them in, in that space. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because it, it costs too much to hold unforgiveness. Like we're basically drinking poison mm-hmm. and expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really what unforgiveness does. It keeps us in Definition the Definition right? of resentment, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, so like on this road of, of, of healthy living, healthier living, I should say, like, it's like, okay, yeah, it's awesome that we're doing the work to to, to root out these problems, pull them out and, and destroy them, but mm-hmm. in this place we have to throw something down, build on it, and plant, plant it, you know? Yeah, no, that's um, cute, I like that. So I, I think that's where we can improve, and I think that's the that's area the, that I'm, yeah. That's the follow through. See, everybody, if everybody was like me. <laughs> if everybody just did what I did. How, how can I be like you? <laughs> no, but that's that. That's absolutely true because nature abhors a vacuum. And if you take something out, you have to replace it with something else. Otherwise, the old just comes, I think, just mm-hmm. right back. Yeah. Never really goes away. Yeah. No. Because you never threw something down different to plant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know? I like it. I support you. Yeah, you got my vote. Running for tribal council. I don't even know what office I'm running for. But I'm running. <laughs> no, what you guys are saying is <clears throat> falls in line with this next part of the reading. So I'm just going to read this. Uh, what is it? Oh, the self-talk cycle is a constant conversation. Oh, we read. We went over that part. Oh yeah, we have with ourselves about what is happening to us and around us. However, we don't store and record the truth. We store and record the truth as we see it. So if we decide to change or grow, this self-image becomes our major barrier to change. Then when we make mistakes as we do, we don't stop there. We continue to beat ourselves with our self-talk about the mistake, which makes that cycle even stronger the next time. Uh, The basic principles apply to the self-talk cycle are, as I think I am, we move toward and become that which we think about, My present thoughts determine my future. Negative self-talk is a predator that wants to eat you from the inside. We must become aware of our negative and self-destructive self-talk habits and reprogram ourselves with loving, kind, and positive intentions or desires. Become aware of how you talk to yourself. Don't talk badly to yourself. Always build yourself up. Speak very well about yourself. In your self-talk. No, I think those are all things that you guys are saying. Like, once we up, <clears throat> once we start uprooting these character defects, we got to replace that with some more positive things. So, if it's unforgiveness, resentment, we got to replace that with forgiveness. Um, if it's being selfish, uh, then we got to replace that with selflessness. Yes, uh, those type of things. Negative self-image. Yeah, and these character defects, um, <clears throat> when I was a counselor, I started researching them, and there was, like, some things that different people, different famous writers would say was the basis for them, like uh, pride or fear. Yeah. Um, but I, <clears throat> in my own kind of research, I kind of came to the conclusion that a lot of these character defects were because... We're freaking liars, mm-hmm. and we lied to the, we lied to ourselves continuously to the point that we believed it. So, like denial—that's just lying to yourself. Yeah. 
So if your denial, that was like one of the major underlying um, character defects of all addicts. We're in denial. We're in denial that we have a problem. We're in denial of we're hurting people. We're in denial of the trial of destruction we're leaving. Um, and that's like, I think the launching pad that leads into all these other, in my own opinion, denial, lying to yourself, launches you into all these other character defects. Because then you're not, you're, you're like, ah, oh, I'm in the right. Yeah. I'm in the right here. So I'm going to be like this. I'm going to make this decision. I don't care who it hurts. I'm going to be in denial about hurting people because it's right for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it is huge. It's very, it's like deeply rooted, I think, because we start lying when we're kids, little tiny kids. Mm-hmm. We lie about, say, I was in the living room. I knocked over a vase. It was my mom's favorite vase. It broke, and they heard it. They're in the kitchen. They come in. What happened? Why is my vase broken? I said, oh, it's that stupid cat. And they believe me. Like, oh, that damn cat. We need to let it outside or not let it be on the tables, and they're mad at the cat. And then as a kid, I see that, and I'm like, ah, that worked. I lied. I got away with it. I got out of trouble. And boom, so then I'm going to lie again to get out of trouble. That starts when you're little. Uh And as you get older, then those lies, that foundation of lies just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Then it leads us into addiction. Yes. And just to go a little bit deeper, we learn to lie out of fear. Yeah. Fear right. of punishment. Well, fear, yeah, fear of consequences. And I think if, oh, man, I was just now reading something, too, about how being uh, holding oneself responsible is different than being punished, mm. right? Because punishment doesn't, punish, punishment doesn't really work, <clears throat> as in, you know, like, that's how we learn to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, man, I broke my mom's vase, so... And I'm gonna get. I probably gonna get in trouble. Yeah. So I lie, and then you. Oh, that worked. Yeah, and then we get that relief, that rush. Oh, worked. And then you know, and it goes back to like I like what that what you were reading said. Um, we see the truth, or we we see the truth the way we. How 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 was it put? Like the way we see it. Yeah. Like the truth is revealed the way we. <laughs> yeah and so that's all based in those core beliefs and that those core beliefs are based on uh misinformation if you will it's not it's not based in uh the right information yeah so yeah of course i'm gonna of course i'm gonna deny it of course i'm gonna you know um say it's your fault or you know all these other things that we do because then that that will relieve me of responsibility and being relieved of responsibility relieves me of guilt and shame. Mm. Oh. And so that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to feel those things. Yeah. Cause I, I know. And so I'm going to try to get my way out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then, like you said, it just builds and builds like a snowball. And pretty soon, before we know it, that that core belief is in the middle of this great big old giant ball. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we got it. We got to go. <laughs> got to go to the core. Got to go to the middle and say, what was that original seed that yeah. was planted? Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, like um, like a root canal, like you can dust off the top and fill in the top, but if that decay is still underneath mm-hmm. it's just gonna get you from the inside out yes mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's how i see it yeah i think um my favorite and probably one that all native kids can identify with is who drank all the pop oh. <laughs> i don't know it's not him. me not me <laughs> yeah i know even like um it was him and then right. him doesn't even isn't even here. Yeah. Or there's like a bunch of have drunken sodas or water or juices on the table. Who's is this? I don't know. I don't know. They all say I don't know. And there's like five of them. And there's like three. I don't know what's in my house again. <laughs> I don't know what's in my house. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that. Um, <clears throat> when I started seeing that, like lying, I said I listened to this TED talk. And it said, like, honest liars, and this lady was calling us liars and put up this picture of babies and said that we started lying ever since back then. Man. And I was like, whoa, man. This one says, um, I was reading something, right? Like, you were talking about shame. You're talking about shame, right? Yeah. Um, Trying to, the guilt and the shame to avoid that. So this is talking like the power of forgiveness. Um, I was reading this while I was waiting for the dentist, but it kind of, it was trippy because I was like, I was reading and then you were talking about it, but he says there are two other emotions that keep close company, um, guilt and shame. Mm. And he says, so, uh, he's talking about a story. I'm talking about like these men, like he was holding in class. These men came from all different walks of life. Some were rich, some were poor. Some had great parents. Others had terrible lives, um, lived terrible lives, but, most of the men who sat in the room were actually like they were like his heroes because they were confronting a problem, you know, like mm. with the with the thing of like they wanted to find a solution to the problems that they were facing. Um, but he kind of spent a few months like teaching a course on on how to break the cycle of destruction in their life. But the thing that like that they all had in common was they all carried around guilt and shame. Mm. Um, and he's talking about one particular night. There's several dozen men in the room, and every man, like all those people, like except for three of them, raised their hand because they were all dealing with shame. Wow. Um, and then it goes on to say, like they had to pinpoint that shame. And, and this guy, like one of the guys who spoke, he'd been free from the thing that he was battling um, for about a year. But, but before going into the group, he lost his whole family to his addiction. Um, and this guy asked him so if you've been free for a year why do you still carry shame in your life and he said I've kept shame around so that people would think I was really sorry for what I've done Mm. if I saw any of my friends or people that I'd hurt the most and I acted happy around them I believe they would no longer think I repented or was sorry for what I did Mm. you know is that kind of like oh okay I mean like yeah, uh, I get it. 
I don't know. Is that false pride? Is that what it is? I've never understood that term, false pride. Man, I don't know. So he's saying, like, so this guy was battling an addiction, and it caused him to lose his family and everything. Yeah. But every time he would come around his family, he wouldn't be happy. Yeah. He covered himself with guilt and shame because he believed that if he smiled or or was happy, showed happiness, that his friends or family, the people that were affected by his addiction, wouldn't think that he was serious about being free from his addiction. So in other words, he was afraid of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, on the flip side, too, like, how his family, like, did they expect him to just be remorseful, too? Is that, I mean, that's kind of a little toxic, too. And that's why, like, this is what he said. He said, um, he goes, uh, if people close to you have forgiven you and are happy, you would forgive yourself and be okay with who you are. But because some of them you are the closest to have chosen to live in bitterness, you feel guilty about feeling free and happy knowing what you've done. Mm. So those people, even though they like, they choose to live in, in bitterness and unforgiveness, right? Yeah. And because of that, like it, it kind of affected him. Mm. So he, he felt he had to choose that too in order yeah. to be accepted. To, see, to be seen as authentic. Uh, oh yeah. Authentic, like he, okay, like he yeah. was authentic in his, yeah. his remorse. In, yeah. In his remorse. Um, that is like he said. That is toxic. Another guy that you know, th- this other guy was like, okay. Um, so each man discovered that shame was a facade. It was a protection he, they had been using to make the world see them in a certain light. Mm. You know, so we use shame so that others look at us differently. Um, one in our heads, yeah, in our heads. Uh-huh. Um, but this one guy, um. He said, if I were to go on a trip, the very first thing I would put in my bag would be shame. I can't remember a day that I've ever gone without it. Like his early childhood, his earliest childhood memories were um, dealing with something and and what his dad was dealing with was passed off to him. So he like, like from that day forward, because he picked up that addiction, he would pack shame before he went anywhere. Yeah. Which no, I feel that though, man. That's like, crazy. Because that's all in our heads. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Like when I was growing up, like I said, we were kind of isolated out there in the country. I never really knew a lot of my relatives, even in prior, because uh, we, we were just out there all the time. Um, so when I found out who I was related to, I kind of avoided them, like, because I was like, oh, man, I'm related to them, but I never talked to them. I was like, I felt shame about not knowing them. Yeah. So I wouldn't say hi to them in public because of that shame in my head, because of not knowing them, not growing up around them. And for years, I just, like, kind of avoided them in public at events and stuff. Then, like, when I grew up and I started, I was like, I just started talking to them. Like, we got to know each other. And like, oh, you're pretty cool. Like, we thought you were just all stuck up. Yeah. That's what they thought of me. They thought I was stuck up. And I had this shame going on in my head that I didn't grow up with them and I didn't know them. Yeah. I was kind of shameful to go over there and talk to them. But like when that all went away, we were growing up and I started to start talking with them and seeing them at social events, go sit by them and talk with them. I'm like, oh man, how come you never talked to us before? Oh, thought man. you were stuck up. That's great. You know, and man, the, see the thing with that really kind of hit me was the fact that, you know, he would carry around that shame 
in order to seem authentic in his remorse. And man, what that's not even on him. That's not even on us, right? Yeah. Mm. That's somebody else's hang up. Yeah. So yeah. in other words, we're taking their garbage. Even even though we're trying to get rid of our own, now we're taking on somebody else's. Yeah. Yes. And then using that to kind of self destruct. This is how he explains it. He said he explained that the feeling of shame reminded him every day of the thing that he battled. And without the feeling of shame, he would believe that he would just go right back to the thing that he battled. Mm. Um, and then it goes on to say, he said... Um, like a defense mechanism. Each of these yeah. men learned the destructive power of shame that evening. And he said, uh, given an opportunity, or he says, in reality, shame is a fiery dart designed to keep a person bound. Given an opportunity, shame will mask itself as your best friend and it will convince you that it is only there to help you. All the while, it is stealing your freedom and raping your identity. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. That's good. I'm glad you shared that with us. Because yeah. I, again, it's just those things that you don't think of, right? Wow. Like, like a, there's a whole different facet to that that I would have never even crossed my mind. Yeah. And, and to... To I think to truly heal oneself, heal oneself for oneself. Yeah, it's important to know these things because, like, like I said, man, why take on somebody else's trash when? Because I, I got enough of my own that I'm, st- you know, like Randy said, you know, we're mm. works in progress, right? Mm. We're still working on some stuff, mm. and man, I don't need to add on to it. Yeah, and I think like <clears throat> goes right into. Just right back to your rock analogy, because say us three start hiking up the trail, or we got rid of our care, starting to get rid of our character defects. But we're, but then we each got like each rock, we each have a rock, and we're walking up, and it's hard to carry these rocks. But these rocks are our character defects, like selfishness and um, pride or unforgiveness, Ego. and we're carrying them. Ego. Ego. And we're just walking up the trail. We're carrying them, and it's hard, and it's hot. These things are getting heavy. But all we got to do is just put them down or hand them over to I, I could give my rocks to you guys and start going. And as soon as I turn my back, you're like, why the hell is this guy carrying these? And it's like, toss them off. They're not even pretty. This isn't even a good one here. Throw it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. You know what I like? Yeah. That's all. I just now seen it as you guys were talking like that. Like, we just let these character defects go. Like the hot stove, then we just avoid them. Yeah. And ultimately, it's I think for me, it's important to remember, like you said it before, something like, uh, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Yeah. You know, and the people that that are important to me, if they want me to carry that around, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. Because that was the root cause of my destruction in the first place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that being said, okay, now I'm not really going to start going. So that being said, it would, <laughs> it would be, it no. would be uh, conducive. He's all looped up now. Con- <laughs> it would be conducive to a healing uh, relationship if I encouraged you, okay, yeah, we all know. We all acknowledge what happened then. Yeah, and what you know how you used to be. 
Well, what I want for you right now is to be happy so that you don't have to go back to that. Yes. So those mm. are the kind of people that you want to look out for. Those are the ones that you want to stick to. Those are the ones, you know, and some other people you just have to love from afar, right? Uh, of course. And, man, that's crazy because it's just something I never even thought of. Like, it wasn't would have never been on my radar. I think it makes perfect sense, though. Mm-hmm. You know, of like, okay, like, remember, like, how people viewed you in your past, right? Like for the things that I've done um, that I'm not proud of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm being like, okay, dealing with it in this walk of like healing, like this this time of like just intense healing. And then being around certain people that still want to see you in that same light, picking up that offense and that bitterness and that unforgiveness and covering myself in shame. Mm-hmm. Which keeps me ultimately from being happy. At peace, like you're always talking about peace. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, wondering, yeah, yeah. like, oh, why do I feel this way? Mm. And it might not Maybe even... I'm picking up somebody's rocks and carrying them up that hill. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but like, but, like, without even knowing it. Yeah, without yeah. it, like, just subconsciously picking it up because mm. we pick up on the other person. Like, remember last week you were talking about, I, w- I would... Like sitting next to each other and trying to hear their thoughts. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's kind of exactly like what we're doing, right? Yeah, we're like putting our heads together and transferring the negative energy. Like I'm taking the negative energy and putting it on myself. Mm. I mean, rather than laughing and joking like I usually would. Yeah, which just start fuzz, man. And Being it, shameful and full yeah. of guilt, even though you didn't do nothing. Exactly. And then the, the the other thing with that, too, is like what he was talking about with his relatives. They, oh, we thought you were just stuck up. So he viewed things a certain way, mm-hmm. which caused them to view things a certain way. And then maybe he kind of picked up on that yeah. kind of like that, that frequency, that vibe, if you will. Yeah. And then it just. And with our mind, the way our addictive, you know, our addicts' minds work, it just oh. took, off, took, took, yeah, just took off a whole, the races. Yeah, a life of a, its own. Yeah, the defeating beliefs kick in. I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not worthy. And then it's just like, uh, I'm gonna go drink. I need a, I need a shot. It's yeah. crazy. I'm glad you shared that because you know, going back to what we started out with, we can't fix something if we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Now we can recognize now it. We recognize That's how it. I feel, bro. Like yeah. it's crazy because I read this, and then like as I reread it, I'm like, oh my god! Like this makes so much sense. Yeah. Because there was a certain like I would get the certain feeling around the certain few people last like a few years ago. Yeah. And I would always feel ugly, like like you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I know you could say so. You know, like like, but I would feel like <laughs> all like I would feel all freaking bent out of shape inside. Yeah. Because we're picking up on their energy. And it was like, and I've never knew this couple before, previous to this relationship. Mm. But I would feel a certain way after we left, like all icky, like gross. Yeah. And now I know why. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, be, like, like, I'm, like they weren't right. They're in a negative space. You're just picking up on those vibes. And then I was covering myself with shame and guilt that I didn't even ever have to carry. Yes, sir. But I always wondered why I was like that, and it was only around a certain few people. Mm-hmm. And now, 
that we know what we know when we recognize that we can do that. No, well, wait, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna check this out from outside. Why do I feel this what way? What hell? am I carrying? What is that? What what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, no, man, that's that one's not even. You me. need to deal with this. That's that's. No, I can point the finger. That <laughs> one's not even me, bro. Yeah, that's not even me. I refuse to carry that. Yeah, being mindful, right? Yep. Yeah, like yeah. your mindfulness comes into play, and then you're like you you recognizing that character defect that we never even recognized before because we were naive like we were ignorant to the fact yes right Mm -hmm. fucking amazing (laughs) we're gonna play this one out which is crazy (laughs) because the bible says god was saying like i used to wink at your sin of ignorance Mm. Mm -hmm. you know because you didn't know what you were doing yeah but now you do yeah which, what does that mean? That That's like us empowered. Like we're, like our relationship with God is empowering us saying, hey man, you know what? You, you, you are better than that. Mm. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Like my daughter, it's so easy for me to parent her. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? This is it. But it's like, I'm actually saying, man, you're strong. Like you, you are capable of handling yourself the right way. Mm. You know better. Yeah. If there's only two of us in the house, if you drink that soda and you're the one there and I didn't do it, then then that's you. You have the power to pick it up, go to the trash if you're done with it, throw it away, or go to the sink and pour it out and then throw the container away. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. because you do that enough, then she knows better. Yeah. And because she knows better, she'll hopefully start doing better. She's empowered. She has a power that she didn't realize she had before. Yes, sir. And that works for us. Yeah. Yeah. That works for us. Yeah. I remember early on recovery, working on these character defects, then like starting to not use them. That was this empowerment. Boom. I was like, oh, I can do it. I don't have to cause all this chaos. Yeah. And I don't have to leave a trial of destruction. I can be a good person. I can treat people good. I can be a good dad. I can show up for work and do my work. Here, the destruction stops. <laughs> we will heal our land. <laughs> Remix. That was, <laughs> that was empowering, man. That's freaking awesome. But huh. that's right, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're yeah, like, and like that whole energy thing too. Like spirits could be like you know something some kind of spirit is oppressing somebody so then they're being all negative and we pick up on it and like that's why i like those one things even though they're kind of corny remember that i say if you hang around five millionaires yeah you're gonna be the six yeah if you hang around you know five intellects you're gonna be the six yes if you hang around two clowns no, yeah <laughs> if you hang around a bunch five turkeys you're gonna be the six turkey yes and we're gonna eat you for thanksgiving mm-hmm. some gravy mm-hmm. stuffing mm-hmm. oh yeah this guy's what did you say that <laughs> At Christmas, or you said, I stuck it in the stuffing. Oh, <laughs> I put it in the stuffing. I put it in the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> Were you listening to our old episode? Yeah, I was going back. And I think I was laughing. I think I when I. <laughs> I think you're trying to say I put it in the stocking because we we're telling that story with George. Remember? 
I think I caught myself that time too. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were in the cathedral that time, right? No, that was George. He was up here. <gasps> oh, was it George? I think I caught myself when I said that and I started laughing and none of you guys like caught it. Yeah, at first, yeah. Yeah, like I, I, we, I do that all the time when I go back and listen. And when we're all in the up. moment, you yeah. know, we're so caught up in the moment because I remember laughing, I think. Yeah. That the stuffing comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then nobody else laughed. So I'm like, okay, like, you know? Yeah. But then we joked about it after yeah, that. Yeah, but like we joked we about yeah. Caught on to it. Now you know the secret to Randy's famous stuffing. <laughs> oh, yo. <laughs> he only makes it at Christmas. <laughs> no, that was good, man. That was really good. And thank you guys for yes. bringing it. Yes, bringing that fire. Uh, can you give me some? Yo, Karen. Where's Karen? Come here, Karen. Come here, girl. There you are, girl. Right in the ears. Mm, looking so pretty in your mane. <laughs> oh man, you got some cockaburs in your tail. Come here, we gotta take those cockaburs out. Come, Come here, here, girl. I remember one time we went. Uh, my dad's. I gotta go get my horse. And how come he got into those cockaburs and we <laughs> found it? Man, it looked like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> or like, a, or like a rhino. Right yeah, like a rhino. How do you say that? Rhinoceros. Word? Rhinoceros. <laughs> what does he say in uh, Ace Ventura? It's warm in these rhinos. Or what does he say? It's pretty hot, hot in these rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hot in these rhinos. <laughs> he's like in that little pan. <laughs> and it stops working and he just keeps tapping it. That's one of the funniest things I ever watched when he was trying to get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that dude's watching it and he's like. Oh, yeah. Is that whole family yeah. member that I got a safari? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, man. That was great. Yuck. Oh shoot! That do uh, what do they call those gif? Is it gif or jif? I don't gif. I think I hear people say gif. Yeah, but they know. say okay. So gif. Now that I think about it, they say gif. But the guy who invented it just passed away. Oh really? Yeah. R.I.P. But uh, he called it a jif. Oh jif. Yeah, he invented oh, it. So okay, we'll call I it say jif. Jif. Anyway. Remember when he first tries to come out and he's just kind of poking? Oh yeah, they show it from the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, this one says it's pronounced "jif," not "gif." Thank you. Just like the peanut butter, "jif." Jif. You've heard it here, folks. Breaking news on unspoken words. You have been pronouncing it wrong the whole time. This whole time. That's why we're here. We are here to educate. I used to think it said "mimis." Huh? Oh yeah, oh, I know. I have a homie that still says that. He says memes. Yeah. Oh, those memes. Oh, you mean memes? Yeah, memes. <laughs> right after you correct yeah. it, too. Uh, yeah. memes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's real good. Um. Um. Uh, who? Thanks, Karen. Go back to your stall. But at this time, I just wanted to leave it. Just this little bit of time at the end here. Uh, we lost one of our sistren, very yeah. close friend. Um, her funeral was yesterday. She was on episode 42. Um, Baga Gosag Janice, good luck. You know, she was here and she walked with us, you know, for yeah. real. Was like, she came on. I remember she started coming to the talking circles and met her and man, she was just like a blessing because she came in came into the speaker meetings and uh, uh you can hear me talk about this on episode 42 i've been listen- i listened to it twice already this week 
Uh, she's in there. She tells her story. But she really came in as a big help. Um, <clears throat> organizing the food, organizing parties, organizing get-togethers, because that's what she wanted. She wanted us to, you know, be together and walk together and do this recovery together. And, you know, as of late, this past year, since my dad passed, I really didn't, I haven't really been feeling like gathering. Yeah. Um, my heart wasn't in it. I would come sometimes, but it just wasn't there for me. So, but, you know, in honor of Janice and stuff, you know, I've made that switch in my brain, you know, to really um, focus in on community because that's part of recovery, you know, accountability, transparency, community, and service work. Um, she was all about that community, you know, um, really cared for everyone and really just wanted everybody to walk the red road yes. to know that joy, know that peace of, you know, the red road and living in a good way and having that relationship with Akbaritia on the daily. You know, she really... She preached those things and um, definitely going to miss her a lot. And if you guys had anything to say on that, I'd love to hear from you guys too. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think like for myself, I shared it with you guys in the chat. Like I remember like when we uh, recently reconnected and, you know, we started coming together and yeah. Uh, guys invited me to your Christmas parties. I think I made it two of them. Mm -hmm. And just her whole hospitality, like I could tell, like she was happy. Um, I remember that night after everybody had left and, and I was still a little shy, like, you know what I mean? Not yeah. shy, but I really wasn't open, like, you know, just awkward or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, man, feel up here. She like, when she sent me out the door, she sent me out with a little more than I needed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I had to go after my daughter out there in Lockwood at the time, I believe. I forgot where, but I, I remember making it to a couple of her parties and then just having her up here. And then I think I shared that in a, in a um, group chat was about her party. Yeah. And being able to be a part of it, um, I thought was awesome. And then just seeing, like having her in this chair, like, bro, like she's sitting in this chair. And I think now, like it hit me finally, like, yo, like, She's not here. Yeah. And I think, like, it kind of hits me with a little bit of grief, a little bit of sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's natural. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's just like it, you can feel that void, you know, because I remember talking with her that day, and, and I was like, man, there's just this motherly feeling that you get just hanging around you. Yeah. Like she had the heart of a mother, and, and, and I'm really glad to have gotten to know her. Um, in the brief time that I, I had with her and just seeing the beautiful person that she she was. Yeah. And the things that she valued, which was community, you know? Yep. Um, so I definitely love and, and, and appreciate her. Like, I, it never really, I think it hit me, but it never really hit me till now. Seeing that chair and, and realizing, like, hey, man, like, I'm thankful that we were able to capture that moment or capture her story. Yeah. So that it's forever in our archives, right? Yes, sir. Um, and I think that's the importance of sharing stories so that maybe her friends and then her family members when they, you know, down the road when they're missing her or, or they think about, man, if, if, you know, their mother or grandmother or aunt did it, um, 
maybe they can go back and listen to her story and, and be comforted by what she shared. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, her her words live on in in eternity. Yep. Um. So I think that's that's beautiful, bro. Like I think it, you know that's a sucks that she's gone, but she definitely left a legacy. Um, for sure. And I think it's also something that can be filled. No, oh, yeah. You know the yeah. the parties and just who she was as a person. Tough. Yep. <clears throat> now there's there's a lot of people in my life that I can say are genuinely happy to see me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And man, she was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Like, and she, she was so about, you know, community and family. Um, I remember one time, we remember we went down there and they were, the meeting was already started and she just brightened up and she goes, Oh man, she was now, it feels like family and Josiah and JC are here. Yeah. Cause we hadn't been for, <clears throat> for a bit. Yeah. And you know that getting that kind of reaction, and uh, one thing I'll never forget was we had a group conscious meeting, and then they were talking about speaker. Yeah. And I was supposed to have mine in December, and then something happened, and it COVID. Was, yeah, it was this, that, the other. It was always something, but she said, "Okay, well, and we were talking, and they said, okay, well, it's going to be on this date.'" And then somebody said, "Well, what, what are you going to eat?" And she asked me straight up. She goes, "What do you want?" Mm-hmm. And you know me, I was just being goofy. I was like, pancakes. <laughs> and she goes, okay. She goes, you want eggs and bacon with that? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And then again, it got canceled. So, you know, we never did get the pancakes, but it was that idea of she was going to go off just that one request. Yeah. Like, I I could have said, oh, She's man. Just, make it happen. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll bring some sandwiches or, you know. Yeah. Some soup or something, but I said pancakes, mm-hmm. just trying to be cheeky. And she said, "Okay." And I wasn't. And she goes, "Then, then after that, man, she like turned it into a great idea. Like, yeah, like a breakfast dinner, and you know, and she made it sound good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I thought of it. Yeah, have some pancakes. But yeah, so she, I'm glad I said that in jest. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, but that yeah, that was like the first thing that popped into my mind. And she said, "Okay." She said, "Yeah," well, like you said, make it happen. And. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a rain check on that. I can wait. Because, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the fact that we will see each other again, all of our loved ones, all the people that, you know, oh, yeah. have gone on before us. Um, definitely, absolutely going to miss that, that, that warmth and that, you know, that welcome feeling that you always got when you walk in the room and she's one of the one, first ones to brighten up or give you a hug or, you know, oh, it's good to see you. And, yeah, that like that's there's a void there, but I think together as a group, I think you know we can kind of yeah we can, we can use that 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 power and that strength that she gave and carry that on like that like like he said like that that kind of a that community right we can, yeah. we can carry that on the things that we learned from her we can keep going with that so like the next time somebody says oh I want pancakes and I'll say uh okay okay. You want eggs and bacon with that? Bisquick or from scratch? No, um, yeah. I think you're right on because I think we can, as we move forward, which we're going to have to, as we move forward and we come together, I think we can capture her essence in that community, in that group, and making sure that 
when we do come together, it's good and we have a good time. I think if we do that, then, you know, I definitely know she'll be smiling down. And yeah, and it would be like a, 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 a way of honoring yeah. Yeah. That, <clears throat> that legacy. Playing those games. Yeah. And Was it last Christmas when we were playing those games? Uh, yeah. 2020. No, yeah, was it twenty twenty when yeah, we was, played those games? Yeah, yeah. Because that night we shot that um, thank you video for the church. Yeah, and I still have that video. And then even afterwards, there was a few meetings, and I remember that she was a part of, and there was sandwiches and everything up there. Yeah, the speaker meetings. Because we yeah. had you come tell your story. Yeah, and then there's a couple other people. I'm talking about downstairs in the sage room. Yeah, we had speaker meetings in there. Okay, yeah, and we had. Food. Remember that time we brought Fred? Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a speaker meeting. Oh, was that? Oh, that was, huh? Yeah, but you yeah. came to the Christmas one too. Yeah, that was Christmas one. I know that one was that one year when it was like super cold out there. Oh yeah, yeah, and I brought my that Cadillac below zero. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah so crazy. gonna miss her. Yes, gonna miss. Um, how about we leave on a. A divisive note. Yeah. Well, before we do that, um, yeah, everyone out there, listeners, you know, keep her family, her kids, her grandkids in prayer. She was raising her grandson, Leo, just a little guy. Um, Definitely keep all of them in prayer as we move forward. That uh, about a day, you know, really comforts them and guides them through this, this time of sorrow and grief. Yes. Okay, um, so yeah, Celtics and 49ers, who you got? Ooh. Celtics. I think the Warriors are going to win, but I'm going for the Celtics. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I think the Warriors are going to win, and it's either going to be a sweep or the Celtics are going to win in seven. That's kind of what I finally settled on in my head. I think the Warriors, if they come out playing like they have been, in the last series against Dallas, they're going to come out and just whoop the C's in four. Or it's going to be a battle each game, and it's going to go seven games, and the Celtics are going to win. Yes. I, I say Celtics in seven. I don't think there's not going to be a sweep. Okay. No sweep. Fair enough. No sweepage here. They're going to, at the very least, it's going to be a game six. Yep. For the Warriors. But if they go seven, I have to go with the Celtics. Yep. Uh, definitely. If it goes game seven, Celtics. But I think uh, if the Warriors are going to win, they're going to end it earlier. Four or six right around there. Game four or six. I think it's going to be game through four through seven that they're either going to win one of them. <laughs> either Boston either Boston or the Warriors are going to win it. <laughs> This guy's like a savant, huh? Yeah. What's that? Hey, what's a savant? I got Celtics in eight. <laughs> what does that mean? I think it's, it's uh, somebody who can tell the future. <laughs> How do you? What do you? I said savant. Oh, savant. Go ahead, Google it. It's like Google savant. It. He's an oracle. <clears throat> I know what an idiot savant is. <laughs> Ever those those people like on Rain Man? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, like. Seen how many toothpicks he dropped? Oh, it's a learned person, especially a distinguished scientist. Oh, I thought it was like a 
You I see her. Literally a knowing person. Yeah, okay, I was yeah, right there. Yeah, okay. Like he knows. Yeah, All early right. 18th century French, literally a knowing person. Oh, okay. <laughs> savant. Among, among other things, we have our own savant. Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me too. He's like, "What does that mean? Yeah. What the hell did you call me? <laughs> Savant to you too. Trying to use your recovery words on <laughs> that always reminds me of uh, you guys watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Remember when they take uh, Carlton to the hood? Oh yeah, he's, like, he's using his school words again. <laughs> <laughs> using those podcast words. Yeah. Use that podcast speech on me. Yeah. <laughs> Get thee behind me. Yeah. All right, right on. Episode uh, eight, Trey. Yeah, yeah, eight e three. Hey, at first, I didn't even know Ed Trey. What's what's Ed Trey? <laughs> what's what'd you call me? <laughs> what'd you call my mama? <laughs> what'd you uh, say about my mama? <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Can have that big old missile, yeah. Loke dog, Loke dog. I said, Do we have a problem here? Um, no, I just watched that recently, not Did recently, you? but like over Christmas. Was it still kind of cool, or was it like it was corny, but it was there, it was You're still like, funny. I think, dumb. I think I laughed more as an adult. Oh, really? Yeah, because I picked up on a lot more stuff. I haven't watched that movie in probably like 20 years. Yeah. Oh, that old, yeah. Dog, it was From like late nineties. Yeah, like ninety seven. I was like in ninety six, ninety eight grade. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's nineties, huh? I remember I was trying to watch that like when it came out, and I'm like, yeah, I was just, yeah, I just came right to Cine Seven. Remember? Yeah, I was trying to watch it at uh, I think it was Cine Seven <laughs> Dollar Movie. Dollar yeah. Movie back in the day. All right, cool, man. Thank you, gentlemen, Podgotti and Favorite Indian for bringing it. As always, episode 83, step six is a wrap. And we'll be back next week. Go ahead. You got something to say? No. Okay. Any last words? Deuces. Famous last words of a fool. Chinook. Peace. Deuces. Peace. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.